Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna, Maranatha, and Natchitoches First Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in Alexandria and Natchitoches, Louisiana. We desire to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world in the final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. Well, brothers and sisters, what are some other principles for Christian living? Our continuance on from last week. Uh, there are some other things. Uh, some of the other principles for Christian living. You see, impurity of every kind. You got to watch these things. There's another thing to avoid. Not only avoid dishonesty of, dishonesty of every kind, but you have to avoid the impurity of every kind. This includes fornication, adultery, incest, homosexuality, perversion of all types, pornography, profanity, stop cussing, filthy conversation, got a, dirty jokes, off-color jokes, yeah, social dancing, got to watch where you dance at because you can't dance to the same music and drink the same wine and be in the same place and be in the same atmosphere. It's just not of God. It ain't going to work. Well, no, nah, I'm just getting my groove on. What did, did Jesus get his groove on? Or did the disciples do the same thing? Did the prophets of old, when we read God's word, did they do anything of that nature? I don't believe it's chronologized in God's word that they did. You can't listen to the generation, the generating songs or music or, or most of what is shown on television, on, on this reality TV. You got to be careful because people will begin to live reality TV in real life. That's just backwards as I don't know what. You got to be careful because reality TV, honey, is not real life in your life. Somebody ought to say amen. See, you can't look at that tube and be watching a movie and then real play what you see on TV and what you see on the silver screen. The next thing to avoid, places where we would never invite Jesus to accompany us, such as the clubs, uh-huh, yeah, that probably hurt, the, the, where the gambling shacks, the casinos, the racetracks, whatever type of thing. If it's a place where you cannot invite Jesus, you might want to try avoiding take a few minutes to look upon this thing it's, it's real ugly here because we have to look at some things and, and places where we don't need to be going gotta watch what you gotta watch where you go what type of music you listen to many types of secular music today have been largely captured by the devil the lyrics often glorify vice and destroy desire for spiritual matters this is what researchers have said Researchers have discovered some interesting things regarding the power of music. Watch this. It enters the brain through the emotions, thus bypassing, bypassing the reasoning powers. It affects every function of the body. It can alter the pulse in your body, the breath rate, uh, ref reflexes without a person realizing, uh -huh. syncopated dance rhythms alter moods and create a mild hypnosis in the listener. See that bass that you listen to going down the street? It, it changes your heart regular beating. I'm talking about the good bass. I'm talking about, not talking about that, that rattling sound that you hear going through your neighborhood. I'm talking about the bass that's in the car that's been put in there by the people at a, at a respectable company. And when that bass shakes your car, it does something to your heart and your pulse. And you don't even realize it. Even without the lyrics, the music itself has power to debase a, a person's feelings, desires, and thoughts. 
secular music and musicians openly admitted this. Mm. Rolling Stones leader Mick Jagger said this, you can feel the adrenaline going through your body. It's sort of sexual. John Oates of Hall and Oates stated this, that rock and roll is 99% sex. Would such music please Jesus? Oh, well, you have to answer that yourself. Mm. Converted pagans from overseas tell us that our modern secular band music is the same kind they used in witchcraft and in devil worship. Ask yourself, if Jesus came to visit me, what music would I feel comfortable asking him to listen to with me? Any music you are not sure of should be abandoned. Lord have mercy. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Uh-oh. And I know there's some other stuff that you didn't want to talk about, but this is what it is and this is how it is. This is how it is. Yes, yes, yes. When we fall in love with Jesus, brothers and sisters, he changes our musical desires. He has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Psalms 40 and verse 3. God has provided for his people plenty of good music that inspires, that refreshes, that elevates, that strengthens your character. Those who accept the devil's degrading music as a substitute are missing one of the life's choicest blessings. Listen to this here. Do the things you watch on TV and videos you watch on YouTube and on the social media stations or uh, in the theater where we used to go. Uh -huh. Do they appeal to your lower or your higher nature? In other words, do they lead you into a greater love for Jesus or for the world? Do they glorify Jesus or your satanic desires? In our day, even secularists and non-Christian folk are speaking out against many of the TV and film productions. I'm just telling you what it says here in this information, brothers and sisters. You can take it up with Jesus in the scripture because it's true. Satan has captured the eyes and ears of billions and as a result is rapidly turning the world into a cesspool of immorality, a cesspool of crime, a cesspool of terror and hopelessness. One study said this, that without the TV, there will be 10,000 fewer murders per year in the United States, 70,000 fewer rapes, 700,000 fewer assaults. Jesus, who loves you, who died for you, gave his life for you, asks you to take your eyes off of Satan's thought controllers and put them on him. He says, look unto me. And be ye saved. Isaiah 45 and verse 22. Well, what clear-cut list does Jesus give us that we could use as a guide for watching television? What clear-cut list could we use? The Bible is clear. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, e-envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which 
Paul says, I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that these who practice these such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What clear cut, what clear cut list does Jesus give us that we could use as a guide for watching television? Scripture is too clear to misunderstand. If a family should ban all TV programs that exhibit or condone any of the above listed sins, there would be very little to watch. If Jesus came to visit with you right now, what TV show would you feel comfortable asking him to view? Would you let him watch Power with you? Greenleaf? What, what would he watch with you? All of the shows that you see now, even when they get close to stuff, it's kind of kind of confusing. What would you What would you and the Savior of the world sit down and watch? All these other shows are probably unfit for Christian viewing. In this day of determined, independent thinking, many feel totally capable of making spiritual decisions without in without any input from anyone, including Jesus Himself. Now, what does Jesus say about such people like that? The simple answer is this. Listen to Jesus's unequivocal statements. Listen to what he says. Deuteronomy 12, 8. You should not at all do as we are doing here today. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. Proverbs 16, 25 says there is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. And I like what he says here in Proverbs 28, 26. He who trusts in his own heart, his mind, is a fool. That's why you have to ask God for wisdom. You have to ask God for counsel. You have to ask God for understanding. You can't even go by your own understanding. No, no. So what solemn warnings does Jesus give us about the example and influence of our lives. What solemn warning does he give? Matthew 18, 6 says, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Romans 14, 13 goes on to say with this question, Let no man put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Romans 14, 7 says, None of us lives to himself. So what solemn warnings does Jesus give us about the example and influence of our lives? We all expect leaders, people of influence, famed athletes, you know, NBA, NFL, and other widely known figures to set a good example and use their influence wisely to pay a so-called debt to society. But in today's world, brothers and sisters, we are often disillusioned at the repugnant and irresponsible actions of prominent individuals. Jesus clearly states in Romans 1.14 that Christians who represent him and his kingdom do indeed owe something to others. And he solemnly warns that Christians who disregard their influence and example and thereby lead people astray, they will not inherit his kingdom. My God. What are Jesus's principles of conduct regarding this? What is he? What is, goes through his mind? You have to be careful how you dress. You can't be have sprayed on clothes and then tell people they should keep their eyes on Jesus. They can't help but to look at you. The thing here, brothers and sisters, you might be the only Jesus that somebody else see. Hallelujah.
So what are Jesus's principles of conduct regarding clothing and how we wear this stuff? First Timothy 2 9 says we need to dress modestly and remember that the world is brought into our lives through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Immodest dress involves all three and it's off limits for you as a Christian. Nothing you should wear, young lady, nothing you should wear, young man, should be revealing to the have somebody lusting after you. What are Jesus's principles of conduct regarding clothing and jewelry? Lay ornaments of jewelry aside. You don't have to walk around looking like Mr. T or Mrs. T. Pride of life is the big problem here. Jesus's followers should look different. Their appearance witnesses and sends light to others. He says, let your light, that light comes from within you because Jesus shines within you the hope of glory. Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. Yeah. We're trying to draw certain attention to ourselves because some of us are so insecure. We act all like the clown, like we're the best comedian all around. God didn't call you to be no comedian. The Lord says that when Israel forsook him, they began to wear different ornaments of jewelry, all type of stuff. But in, here in 1 Timothy 2.9 and 1 Peter 3.3, 3, Paul and Peter both inform us that God's people will not adorn themselves with golds, pearls, and costly array. Not walking around here look like Mr. T. Please notice that Peter and Paul did not speak of the ornaments God wants his people to wear, a meek and quiet spirit. See, that's what, if you can wear one of those and people can see that, that's what they're going to gravitate to. God asked his people to separate from Babylon in uh, Revelation 18, 2 through 4, and all it stands for, including all the things that will draw their attention away from Christ in them and instead clothe themselves with the righteousness of Christ. That means you have to go walking in that old thing called holiness. That's what we have to do. And that's what we have to be reminded of. Brothers and sisters, uh, when we fall in love with Jesus, it is a sheer joy and a pleasure to live his lifestyle. You've been listening to the Restoring Faith broadcast with yours truly, Dr. Christopher Manuel. You are invited to join me at the Smyrna Seventh-day Adventist Church every first and second Saturday for divine worship service at 11 a.m. and Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. located at 916 Richmond Drive in Alexandria, Louisiana. And on the third and fourth Saturday for divine worship service at 10 a.m. and Tuesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. at the Maranatha Seventh-day Adventist Church located at 45. 517 South MacArthur Drive in Alexandria, Louisiana. Beloved, your gifts and love offerings can help keep this ministry on the air. Send your correspondence to 916 Richmond Drive, Alexandria, Louisiana 71302 and join us every Tuesday at 